Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Presley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Uh, we have got another great episode for you. It is part two of The Latin King. We've it's, it's a really fun episode. Um, it's a little different than the way that I do episodes in the uh, in normally for cult podcasts. So if you've liked the last episode of this episode, please let me know. Uh, or if you can even see a difference, just I'd like feedback on it. Um, but before we get into it, we have another five star review. <laughs> this one comes to us from Psy44 and they say, I've been listening to this podcast for about four months now and I love it. Before this, I listened to a different Colts podcast for over a year. You know which one. And I can't <laughs> go back to it after falling in love with this one. Both the original cast with Marie and the current cast with Andrea, along with Paige and Armando, are fantastic. Okay, I thought they thought you got added on too, but no, I understand. <laughs> Day I understand one, what, son. They, <laughs> what they mean now. Um, all of them are hilarious in different ways, and Armando and Andrea's relationship is adorable. Aww. And this thank show, you. you're welcome. Oh, yeah, to the listener, you. but also yeah, thank yeah. you. I love you too. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> Uh, all of them are hilarious in different ways, and this show is so well researched and funny. I commute three hours a day. Oh, oh God. God! Oh, I feel you, sister. Why? This podcast saves me from miserable boredom on my drives. Also, I'm proud to know that Paige and Marie are fellow UCI alums and yeah. get a kick out of their conversations about Swagman and college life in general. Swagman. Zot zot. Zot zot zot. I was trying to tell my husband about the horrible spider problem. Problem at UC Irvine the other day <laughs> and uh, yeah so it's the thing thanks I hate it yeah please keep up the great work you guys and thank you so much for bringing some much needed humor and fun into my life even my boyfriend who generally finds podcasts boring thinks you are all funny oh you guys are the best thank you so much thank you that that's really sweet. sweet um I'm never going to UC Irvine like, ne not as a school, but never to even go to the campus. If they're like, hey, Armando, we'll pay you a million dollars. I'll be like, you can pay me a thousand dollars and spend the rest of it killing those fucking spiders. They tried, dude. I, I'll tell you more about it later, but yes. God, this is a whole episode Hogwarts of- Hogwarts problem. <laughs> this is shit. Say, this is a whole thing of Harry Potter. You just got to get a basilisk. You just got to hatch a chicken egg under a snake. It's, a, it's fine. We can sort it out. <laughs> Without any further ado, we're going to get into the show. Hello. 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 <laughs> it was me. It's always me. <laughs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships and organizations that actively recruit new members all cults might have some or all of these traits and as always these, these are, are our opinions, opinions. Thank you for tuning in to Cult Podcast. My name is Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Andrea Cassetta! Yay! And it's Armando's week again! Yes! Hello! We're back. Uh, we're back in the trap doing it again for The Latin Kings Part 2. Um, yeah, you guys excited? <laughs> 
I'm just pretty excited. You here's the thing: when Armando writes episodes, sometimes he spoils them a little, just a little bit, and uh, pretty stoked. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Before we get into it, uh, I do want to cover some sources. First of all, is an article on the history of the Latin Kings by ChicagoGangHistory.com. This is an invaluable tool, uh, and I also used it a lot in episode one and forgot to credit them, so I'm very sorry. Uh, the person who runs this is not a government organization. It's just a dude, and his whole thing is he goes around Chicago talking to gang members about the oral histories of their gangs, and he compiles all of it and then just puts it on the internet. Not uh-huh. just Latin Kings, all of Chicago's gangs. That's fascinating, honestly. So you, uh, you cradled walls? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> I'm writing it all down. <laughs> Thanks for giving me your oral history. Next. <laughs> That's it's very really under- funny. It's really hard to understand oral history because it's someone always talking with their mouth full. <laughs> <laughs> Which my mother told me not to do, so. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys knew this, but knowledge is stored in the balls. <laughs> So uh, next we have a profile on the Latin Kings and their members by gangenforcement.com. Again, another amazing website when learning about the makeup of a gang. Uh, I wish that I had had this earlier, but now that we have it, super great to have. Next we have a listing of the Latin Kings beliefs as posted on ALQ. A-L-K-Q-N.com. Uh, and then finally, we have the book Puerto Rican Chicago by Wilfredo Cruz. So last week, we learned about how all throughout Chicago's history, a pattern repeats itself. Different groups of immigrants move to the city in search of a better life, but are met with violent racism. In order to protect their communities, young men band together to form street gangs. Then when a fresh group of immigrants arrives, these gangs clash with their new neighbors and the cycle repeats itself. One of the groups to come out of this cycle is the Latin Kings, a collection of several small Hispanic and Latino gangs formed in 1964 by a Puerto Rican boy named Ramon King Papo Santos. Although King Papo meant well, the bigger his gang became, the less he was able to control all of it. The gang's leader lived on the north side of Chicago and was mostly interested in activism and community improvement, but on the south side, where the leader had less say in what went down, the Latin kings were on a quest for money and power led by a Mexican boy named Raul Baby King Gonzalez. And that brings us pretty much up to speed so far. Um, now, there are kind of three things that make the Latin kings stand out from other gangs. Firstly, although we only kind of touched on it briefly, is the Latin King's love of symbolism. And I know that's kind of a weird thing to say because every gang has their own colors and tags and mascots and all that shit. Also, side note, my theory on why is because they're usually founded by high schoolers that are just writing what they know. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like school colors? Yeah, school colors, school mascots, What can I draw on my math book? (laughs) Hey, are you coming to the Crips Spring Formal Fool? I heard the theme is death to bloods. (laughs) But also under the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's where they end up. Sleeping with the fishes. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean... Um, If you look at, like, Catholicism as a religion, every Catholic saint has a set of symbols that further represent what they stand for. So they might have an animal companion, they might have a specific flower that represents a specific thing, but Catholicism is rife with symbolism, Um, and that's something that, like, if you grow up Catholic, there's a little bit of, like, 
I want to say like pagan mysticism tied to Catholicism just because of the way that the culture was spread. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Catholic person, you're going to see the lion as a specific symbol of power. That's actually really interesting and something that I didn't know. Um, A lot of gangs that we see coming up around this time, like when we covered the Bloods and the Crips, uh, the Crips chose blue because it was the color of another gang that chose that color because, and I quote, the leader liked it best and thought he looked best in blue. That's fair. Um, he was a winter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you find your color, you hold on to that color. I feel. Why do you think I wear so much pink and gray? <laughs> I feel you. But, uh, and, and then the Bloods, of course, chose red because they thought it was the opposite of blue and they were the opposite of the Crips. And that kind of goes in with a lot of uh, different gangs of the time. But you see this, like that thought process in representation a lot here in the Latin Kings. And all of their symbols represented what the gang was all about. So they picked the five-pointed crown as their tag, which, okay, the, the crown part is pretty obvious, where the Latin Kings got a crown from. But when... King Papo's Puerto Rican Imperials merged with the Mexican Markings. Both groups used a three-point crown, which means that there was like a conscious effort or, or decision to change that. And the reason they did was because it, it represented King Papo's desire to unify the Hispanic and Latino communities. His message was, it didn't matter what country your family came from, there were five ingredients that can turn anyone into the perfect Latin king. Love, respect, sacrifice, honor, and obedience. Unless you add in Chemical X, and then you make the Powerpuff <laughs> Latino kings. This I, may be a very stupid question. Mm-hmm. Is the song Black and Yellow about the Latin kings? <laughs> I, song, no. I am legitimately it's, asking this that's, question. That's very funny. Uh, no, Black and sports? Black and Yellow is for the Pittsburgh Steelers because he's oh. from Pittsburgh. Although, I will say the reason that it made me laugh so much was because uh, as a child, I didn't understand that the Latin Kings gang colors were black and yellow, black and gold. And so all of like my family was playing black and yellow like it was their fucking anthem. And I was like, wow, awful lot of Steelers fans here. Because I, I didn't know it was the Steelers. I've never known the origin of that song, but it is catchy as hell. Oh, so yeah. It's like black and yellow, black, black and yellow, yellow, black and yellow. They remix. You know what it is. Yeah. But they didn't. They super didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was for them. Straight up, they remixed it in Wisconsin to be green and yellow for the Packers. That was Little Wayne. Yeah. Little Wayne remixed black and yeah, yellow yeah. for green and yellow because he's a huge Packers fan. Yeah. From New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> huge Packers fan. But going back to the crown... That's another very Catholic symbol. The Virgin Mary has a crown and it has seven points and each point is like a specific virtue of hers. Yeah. So this idea is so Catholic. It really is. Also, just uh, uh, to add on to that, um, love, respect, sacrifice, honor, and obedience are also the virtues or ingredients that combine to make uh, the perfect Fast and Furious movie. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. It's because that's what a family needs. (laughs) Uh, They also pick the lion as their mascot, not only because the animal embodies the same characteristics that the gang wanted to project, but also for the religious reasons that Andrea touched on a little bit earlier. If you want to go into that more. Yeah, I mean, the lion is often a symbol of royalty 
anyway. Um, but then you have all these Bible stories, like you have Daniel in the lion's den where God closes the mouth of the lion. But these lions are always kind of supposed to be like the kings of their domain. Are we sure that it wasn't just because the lion had braces and was embarrassed? Uh, actually, it was because the lion talked a lot of mad shit and oh, shit. God was tired of it. Damn. Yeah. I think the lion is also a really perfect symbol because they don't be snitching. Mm. <laughs> they be lying. <laughs> they be lying. <laughs> that was a great pun. Oh, fuck. That's so, really happy. that's so Coming funny. Coming off the top rope. <laughs> uh, they also chose the lion uh, uh, largely because of its significance in the jungle. This is according to the Latin kings themselves. The lion is the king of the jungle because of its raw strength and power. It has no natural predator. But isn't it from the savannah, not the jungle? It is from the savannah, and in a fight, a tiger beats a lion anytime. But it's fine, whatever. Yeah, it's okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Also, lionesses are the ones that do the hunting. Whatever. Uh, and in the concrete jungle setting of urban Chicago, the Latin kings saw themselves as lions of their own domain. The second thing that made the gang stick out was their amazing organizational structure. I mean, they just went to Ikea, bought all these like nice cube space savers. <laughs> A couple Billy bookcases. I you know. know. Oh, weirdly enough, the, the three symbols of the Latin kings were lions, crowns, and shelves. Just a bunch of shelves. You know what? People really underestimate the value of a good shelf in improving your life, but it is crucial. True. Yeah. No, they, uh, <laughs> the, the Latin kings hierarchy system just worked really, really well because it was a mix of what worked best for the Puerto Rican revolutionaries and the Mexican cartels, which they had ties to both. Remember that they had ties to the F-A-L-N and then also to the Sinaloa cartel. Uh, but they also implemented their symbolism into their hierarchy structure as well. There are five points on the crown and there are also five tiers of leadership. And they also try to incorporate the lion into the metaphor too, but it doesn't really work out. Uh, you'll kind of see why here in a second. The first crown, often called the corona, which is just Spanish for crown, sits at the very top. According to the gang, if the Latin kings were a lion, the corona would be its brain. The first crown's job is to think on behalf of his brothers. Everything the gang does must be approved by him through the second crown. The second crown is the lion's eyes and ears. His job is to protect the brain, unlike actual eyes and ears, which are just weak points to get to the brain. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, if I was going to stab someone with a screwdriver, mm -hmm. eyes and ears are my first bet. Eyes and ears. Really, honestly, like the skull of a lion, cooler sounding and more uh, whatever. The second crown ensures that everyone sticks to their chain of command. If you need to talk to the corona, you've got to go through the gang's eyes and ears, which again is the easiest way to get to the brain. So that doesn't really make sense, but I appreciate the hierarchy structure. Next comes the third crown, the right paw of the lion. The right paw's job is to attack anything that threatens the lion. They act essentially as a general or a dean, depending on if they're planning on handling rival gangs or dealing with internal punishments for infractions. Also, the fact that they put so much significance on it being the right paw will come up later, so just take note of that. Uh, and then, in this horrifying lion Voltron, comes the fourth crown. Uh, they represent the hair of the lion that runs down the head to the base of the tail. 
Yeah. Uh, according to the gang, a lion's tail is always dragging on the dirt, and this is how a lion is able to sense danger. That's not science. Yeah, you can you can kind of see that they're struggling to come up with the parts of a lion, and I think part of that stems from the fact that none of them have ever seen a lion in yeah, their fucking for life. Sure, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, are you you can org- you can set up a deal with the cartel, but you can't plan a trip to the zoo. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, this is also pre like YouTube and Animal Planet. Like, you can just go watch a video of a lion and like learn. Some you can go stuff. to the zoo. He's he's set up ties to the cartel. That's fair. That's okay. True. Okay. I just they uh, probably have some of those animals as pets. Yeah. Event. Yeah. In Mexico, for sure. Yeah. The fourth crown. They act as a scout, compiling info on rival gangs and any relevant law enforcement operations. Ironically, more of the eyes and ears instead of the tail. Really shouldn't have been the tail here. I'm just now I'm just picturing all of them with like mad hairy backs. <laughs> just all the way. You know how like when a dude is like hella hairy and it goes all the way down to like right above the butt crack mm-hmm. and a little bit into the fold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm married to one of them. One of them's one of them's with hairs. One, one of them's, them's with hairs. hair wolves. Our child is going to be a literal Sasquatch if we ever have one. <laughs> Finally, you have the fifth crown, the thick, juicy cock of the lion. Wait, really? No, no. (laughs) I was going to be like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) You know, the way this was going, though, I was like, makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. probably, probably. Definitely. You know how lions be slanging that wicked dong? I mean. Damn, I thought he had two tails. Did you know that a lion's penis is barbed and it causes intense pain for I the female? I did know that. I figured because it was a cat and cats are mean. They're mean. I love cats, but cats are so <laughs> mean their dicks hurt. Yeah, <laughs> their I was, dicks have spikes on them. I was on a video conference call this morning and my cat came up and was just chewing on my arm in the frame of the camera, <laughs> and she was like, "Does that hurt?" And I was like, "Yes." But this is the hand that's holding the camera. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm sorry. That's so fucked. That's funny. really funny. Uh, no, the fifth crown is the body of the lion. Even though their four tiers removed from the corona, they are still seen as the most important because their job is to ensure that every member of the Latin kings knows the rules that they must live by. And the third thing that sets the Latin Kings apart are the rules that the fifth Corona teaches to every new recruit. This is where their use of symbolism and proper organization really pay off. These rules, more than anything else, make the Latin Kings less like an ordinary gang and more like a cult. The Latin Kings rules were written in 1972. The year before, 1971, had not been a very good year for the gang. As you might remember from the end of last week's episode, Raul Baby King Gonzalez, the leader of the Southside Latin Kings and acting third crown, was arrested for murder and sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison. Damn. Yeah. Two months later, Gustavo Lord Gino Coyon, the Latin King's second crown and King Papo's right-hand man, was also arrested and sent to prison for murder. Then the fourth crown. Then the fifth crown. By early 1972, four out of five of the gang's leaders were behind bars. And they weren't alone. Baby King's drug dealing business was booming, and they were making a killing selling crack and heroin to the people of Chicago. Although a lot of people buying the crack and heroin heroin were Latin King's members themselves. 
and I don't think I need to tell you how bad of an idea it is to be a criminal who is also addicted to the drugs that you sell. We've seen it in Goodfellas, we've seen it in Scarface, it's even in Biggie Small's Ten Crack Commandments. Number four, I know you heard this before, never get high on On your your own own supply. supply. So wave after wave of the Latin kings are arrested and given jail time, and those that stayed free found themselves locked up in a metaphorical prison of drug addiction. To King Papo, it looked like his tribe was dying, and he decided in late 1972 that he needed to make a change. So King Papo visited Baby King and Lord Gino at Statesville Correctional Center in Crest Hill, Illinois, to write what they would call the Latin King Manifesto, also commonly referred to by the gang's members as the Constitution. Um, Weirdly enough, this is where America gets our own constitution. It is the Latin King's manifesto. That's what our laws are based off of. Even though our laws were written like 200 years before that? No, our laws were written in Statesville Correctional Center in Crest Hill, (laughs) Illinois in 1972. They're not. They're not the same. I I should say that. The only thing they have in common is they both do have a secret map on them. (laughs) What? But that's only because the Latin King's manifesto was written on the back of a Lucky Charms box. Oh my god! How do they get lucky charms in prison? Commissary, baby. A whole box, though. And I wrote this. I wrote this amendment on a piece of ramen. Oh jeez. The beginning of the manifesto outlines the symbolism and hierarchy structure that we just covered earlier, as well as listing the gang's colors as black and gold or black and yellow, explaining the correct way to throw up the gang's hand sign and the origin story of the Latin Kings itself. Can you do the hand sign? Yeah, the hand sign is basically like, rock on! And then you throw it up to your left shoulder using your right hand. So is every stepdad a Latin King? (laughs) Yeah, every stepdad who's ever tried to mimic a rock and roll dude. Okay, so what you do if you want to do it at home is you put your pinky up, you put your ring finger down, your middle finger down, then you put your index finger up, and then you put your thumb up like you're at a rock and roll concert and you're wearing sandals, and you throw that up to your left shoulder, and that's the Latin King's gang sign. That is way too close to rocking out for my comfort. Then the manifesto laid out the various rules that all Latin Kings must live by. Getting a full copy of the manifesto is virtually impossible the gang keeps its secrets under lock and key like they were the fucking illuminati i swear to god it is so actually it's not true because the illuminati i eventually got the information the latin king's somehow better than the illuminati (laughs) so even with the symbolism too honestly that explains why they wrote the declaration of independence (laughs) bringing it back around however uh that that one was on a a frosted flake cereal box (laughs) Uh, However, I was able to dig up a few of the weirder examples of the rules listed in the manifesto. In the Latin Kings, your right hand is considered your dominant hand. And some sets take this as symbolism and choose to only throw up their gang's hand sign with the right hand and also do some symbolic things. Like if you start a fight with another gang, the first punch has to be thrown with your right hand. And if you start jerking. Yeah. Right hand. <laughs> you gotta at least start with the right hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you then can you move over it. to the stranger after that, but exactly. you gotta start right. But apparently, some sets went as far as to beat any member that was discovered to be left-handed. Oh no, that's a very Catholic thing too. That's <laughs> yeah, my Catholic grandparents. My grandfather was left-handed, and they tied his hand behind his back until he could write with his right hand. And you know what? You know what's weird is that right after they did that, right after they tied his hand behind his back, uh, the nun leaned down and went, that's what's up, fool. See if you do that shit again, dog. And then fucking, 
<laughs> with a ruler. With a ruler, yeah. With her right hand. <laughs> That was your left hand. You have to. Oh no! <laughs> Please don't tell the Latin kings. Uh, that is a very Catholic thing. Uh, why is that? Does anyone know? Is the because left hand the they, devil's hand? Yes, they believe that the if you were left-handed, that it was a mark of the devil. Believe it or not, this is something that extends even into occultism. Think about the right-hand path and the yeah. left-hand path. Left is almost always seen as evil or other incorrect though that may be but there's no biblical basis for it it was just like a thing that catholics made up so that they could torture people more and then like you're a witch and then it just kind of carried and to be honest i don't even know if it's exclusively catholics because it seems to permeate a lot of different stuff and even in later translations of other books whenever someone is someone is seen to be prominent or important they're seated at the right hand yeah jesus sits at the right hand of god it's very specific this it's a very it's weird because that is like a weirdly Catholic thing mm-hmm. of like the right is like the best spot to be. Do you think it comes from the fact that Jesus only used the right hand to jerk it? I actually... the You're ha, going to hell so quickly. Um, I actually <laughs> think that it comes from a more practical application. There have been theories mm-hmm. uh, that when restrooms were used in earlier times, you would clean up with your left hand. Oh, and in some parts of the world that is still the same. In some parts of the world, trying to shake hands with somebody and extending your left hand is considered an insult for that exact reason, because your left hand is considered the dirty hand. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, despite any sort of religion or whatever, practicality rules on that one. I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna start calling it my right hand and my shit hand. In some cultures, that's what it is. Hell yeah, dude! You wash your hands though after you, right? Yeah, I watched one of them. We're all going like to get coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the first crown virus? Yeah. Coronavirus. First... All right, I'm sorry. Similarly, the Latin kings are forbidden to sit crisscross applesauce during all meetings uh, because their right leg represents their kingship and should never be crossed. Also during meetings. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm in favor of this because I find sitting crisscross applesauce very uncomfortable mm-hmm. personally, but... Uh, that's just me. As a kid, it was a problem for me because I developed boobs very early and mm-hmm. sitting crisscross applesauce doesn't support your back at all. So sitting crisscross applesauce hurts my back a lot. I like the amount of times you said crisscross applesauce in this yeah, episode yeah, yeah, alone. Yeah, 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 it's one yeah. of my favorite phrases. I just love the idea that your leg is so important. Even you can't cross it. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you're not watching and you cross your legs, your leg might come kill you in the night. (laughs) Don't cross me. Like what? Why? God damn it. I've been double crisscrossed applesauce. (laughs) We got a snitch and it's the left leg. (laughs) Also during meeting. That's the shit leg. Also during meetings, if a member is speaking, he must raise his gang sign. And if anyone interrupts a member with their gang sign up, they are subject to a fine as a first offense or a beating if it becomes a problem. Do they have to beat with their hands still in the gang sign? Because that's not effective for punching people. That depends on if they're saying something, I think. (laughs) I was complaining about two-ply toilet paper costing us too much money in the clubhouse bathroom. (laughs) Um, Less funny, the group was also heavily homophobic back in the 70s. And 
in some areas still currently. I mean, that explains why they picked black and yellow. Those colors don't really go together. <laughs> Unless you're a bee. I guess. But if you're going to get stung, maybe you should have been dressing so cute. Mm. <laughs> Not only was being gay a punishable offense, but I've heard stories of the gang launching large-scale operations and inquisitor-like task forces set up to sniff out any gay members that might be hiding their true sexuality. Why? Okay. But the- <sighs> I'm now I'm like what how far would they go? To try and figure out if somebody was gay. Is it oh, so Oh, it's like far- that game. Yes. Is it like, are they playing chicken? Like, is it that thing of like, I'll make out with you to see if you're gay. You want to kiss yeah. me, fool? You want to kiss? You want to kiss me? Can I suck your dick? <laughs> if you say yes, you're gay. I'm down, fool. Does that get you up, fool? <laughs> huh? Come on. What's up, fool? No, this is just a test. And while there are a lot of hilariously stupid rules in the manifesto, a lot of the rules that made the cut actually came came from King Papo and served to better the Latin kings. Stuff like how members are forbidden to use any drug other than marijuana. And even marijuana, you can only use it between certain hours, known as your off hours. You can't use it in the morning. You can't use it during work. You can't use it up to an hour before a meeting. And you can only use it after you're done with your work and your meeting. So in general, from like 4.20 p.m. Mm-hmm. to 4.20 a.m. Hell yeah, dog. <laughs> I do like that their rules for weed are the same rules my mom had for television after I'm done with my homework. (laughs) Did you finish your math homework? Did you take out the dog? Okay, you can have a little weed. A little weed. Just before bedtime. Okay. (laughs) Also, if a member of the Latin Kings is addicted to any harder drug, uh, they must quit cold turkey. Oof. But the manifesto also encourages his fellow members to help him in his time of need. In fact, a lot of King Papo's rules tend to push the concept of brotherhood on the gang. And there's actually a story that I read uh, about a member who was addicted to heroin and was trying to go through uh, a methadone clinic to mm-hmm. get clean. And so uh, they set up a, a robbery <laughs> to pay for his rehab and they pulled it off and he got sober and so there's a quote from this guy that's just like i'm paraphrasing here but he's like gangbanging saved my life fool <laughs> i mean that's like if the, it wasn't for the, the one time yeah if it he said if it wasn't for the latin kings i'd be out there on the streets and i was like what are you doing now man <laughs> <sighs> jesus also this is a small aside i didn't put it in here but uh, if you suspect that another member of the Latin Kings is on drugs, you can force them to get a to get drug tested. But the person accusing the member has to pay for it out of their own money. Damn. Oh, shit. Yeah. So there's a lot of like sense of, uh, you know, res- not responsibility, um, reliability. Like you have to be there for your brothers, but your brothers can also call you out on your bullshit. Uh, members of the gang are also forbidden from fighting their own brothers. Even if they were wronged, they aren't allowed to seek retaliation unless they receive approval from all five of the gang's leaders. And remember, like, three out of five at this point are still in jail. Also, members must not steal from other members. Members must also not lust after another member's spouse. And you'll kind of see towards the end there, they sort of mirror the Ten Commandments in a weird, like, gang sort of way. 
And this is because a lot of the Latin Kings Manifesto was written like the Bible. The rules are listed as commandments, the origin story is written like a Bible story, and the manifesto even contains prayers and hymns that reiterate a member's loyalty to the Latin Kings and to their community. Now, I hinted last week uh, at the end with Andrea that the development of the Latin King's religious aspects comes from the racism that Hispanics and Latinos faced when they made their way to Chicago. And to cover why, we kind of have to head into the speculation zone a little bit, um, only because these are my own statements and not something that somebody smarter than me came up with and got approved. Uh, so just remember that, your boy can be very dumb but i think that i'm gonna make it i think the reason no one's made this claim is mostly because no one has covered the gang as a cult mm. before um or does so very rarely if if at all uh so i don't think i need to explain that hispanic and Latin, latino communities are very 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 religious mm-hmm. um my grandmother, my abuela, would take me to Catholic church mass at a church that only gave Spanish-speaking mass because she thought that I needed to have more God in my life when I was a child. Uh, and when I told her that I, it, I, I couldn't even understand what they were saying, she said something to the effect of, it's okay, you'll absorb Jesus like the sun. Hmm. Okay, Grandma. My grandma basically thought that Jesus worked the same way as vitamin D, is what I'm saying. Uh, vitamin D for the Lord, motherfucker. <laughs> That's what's up, fool. Um, a lot of a lot of why the communities tended to be very religious. It it's a very long story. Some of it's got to do with colonization. A lot of it has to do with colonization, but we don't really have to get into it. The point is generally. Most of the Latino and Hispanic community love Jesus Christ. Um, and when they started immigrating to Chicago in the 40s, the Chicago Catholic Church didn't allow them to start their own parish. So in order to worship, they had to attend existing parishes. But as we covered last week, the color lines and roving Irish gangs stopped most of the community from even being able to leave their own homes. And the ones that pushed through the color lines found that white parishes just wouldn't allow brown people to attend mass. And their masses are different. So at this time, mass was still said in Latin. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until somewhere in the 60s or 70s, and I think it was Pope John Paul, that uh, allowed every country to start saying mass in their native language. But at this time, all mass was in Latin, which meant that anywhere in the world you could go to Catholic mass, it was exactly the same. Interesting. And that's part of why Catholic school was such a big deal is because you would learn Latin so you could understand mass. So it helped kind of continue to isolate Catholic communities from non-Catholic communities because you had to grow up Catholic. You had to learn mass. This was a thing that you had to understand. When I was in Italy, masses were still in Latin. And this this is only like 15 years ago, but we went to mass and it was still in Latin, hmm. like there, old style Latin. There are churches where I grew up that they had like a Latin mass, but it was only like one mass a week. Mm-hmm. Whereas like all of the other churches, they have multiple different masses in different languages. But the same thing with Spanish, like our church had a Spanish mass as mm. well. Yeah. Um, a lot of the problem was that uh, they just they weren't they just weren't allowed in, though 
even if right. they got to the other churches, they they just weren't uh, white people didn't want uh, anyone that wasn't white to be in their churches. Uh, one of King Papo's community outreach programs was holding mass at some of the Latin King's North Side clubhouses. And eventually, these bootleg churches made their way to the Southside clubhouses once Baby King figured out that he could keep the donations that parishioners left. Because they are the church, so they get the money. But it still, it was it gave the community a place to go worship. Early on, the Latin Kings and religion kind of started to go hand in hand. King Papa wanted to better his community, and a big part of that was allowing everyone access to God. Um, because of this, I suspect that a lot of the Latin kings had only ever willingly read the Holy Bible. That's not to say that gangs don't read, but the Latin kings focus primarily on religion, community, and the gang. So there's not a lot of free time for, like, <laughs> there's not a lot of free time for the Harry Potters, if you will. <laughs> and according to a profile on members of the Latin kings listed on gangenforcement.com, 91% of the Latin kings believe in a god and actively worship. Also, only 28.2% expect that they will go to hell when they die. Um, meaning that the religion and the gang are so close that they don't think that they're sinning. They just think that they're devout to their religion. Hmm. Because some of those messages do get crossed when the people reading you know, or giving mass are members of the Latin kings. So, yeah, I guess they did keep with the Catholic religion of only giving Latin mass, but the Latin was Latin kings. So, mm. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> I think that King Papo, Lord Gino, and Baby King also wrote the manifesto in a way that emulates the Bible because it would be the most familiar thing to most Latin kings members. Also, if you've only ever read the Bible, a guide on how to be good as directed by God... Reading something that invokes the same feeling is going to compel you to follow the rules without question, especially it's, if it's in the same writing style. Um, and remember that the first crown, the corona, is regarded as the brain. Their job is to think on behalf of all of their brothers, which means that it is everyone else's job to follow their orders without question. And now you can kind of see the path to them becoming a full-blown cult is very clear-cut, and the catalyst was King Papo's departure. Getting back to our story, after the Latin King's Manifesto was written in 1972, King Papo decided to leave the gang and once again become just Ramon Santos. Lord Gino and Baby King became the Corona and Second Crown respectively, and immediately worked on implementing their new rules. Even though the gang's leaders sat in jail cells, they had worked their entire lives to become two of the most feared gangsters to ever come out of Chicago. Damn. Yeah, which I feel like is saying a hell of a lot. Yeah, it's pretty intense. There's some real winners in there. Yeah, yeah. some wicked gangsters. Lord Gino was known to call in hits on any Latin King member that disrespected him, and Baby King was known to be even more vicious. There's an infamous story about Raul Baby King Gonzalez from his time in Statesville Correctional Center. Uh, Baby King felt disrespected by another inmate who was a Northside Latin King. Uh, after receiving a blessing from the Corona, Lord Gino, Baby King put out a hit on the inmate. Baby King waited for two years until the inmate was just two days away from parole. Then, Baby King put together two of Statesville's most violent Latin kings, supplied them with copious amounts of PCP, and then set his plan into motion. 
The two kings told the inmate that they were throwing him a parole party in the prison's lower level showers. I have never heard of a party I want to go to less than a parole party in showers that are under the fucking ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds terrifying. Hey, do you want to come to my parole party? We got toilet wine. Uh, Carlos is bringing some ranch dip he made in the sink. Um, It's mostly shaving, shaving leavings and and stuff. Gross. Thanks. Mm. I hate it. We're making we're making mint juleps out of crest. Why did you do this? Oh god! I want to come to my parole party. I don't like it. No, the theme is under the sea because we (laughs) we turned on all the showers. (laughs) Um. Anyway, before the inmate knew that something was wrong, one of the Latin kings used a makeshift machete to decapitate him. Oh. Oh, God. Then they used the machete to dismember the rest of his body. What? After packing the pieces of their former brother into laundry bags, they turned on the showers to wash the blood away. Above ground, the other Latin King members orchestrated a fake fight that very quickly just turned into a real fight uh, to distract the guards. The two kings then bribed a member of the black gangster disciples to help them dispose of the body. He worked as the prison's cook. The three gang members fed body parts into a large meat grinder with pork and beef because tonight meatloaf was on the menu. The inmates' bones, however, would not break down in the grinder, so they buried the bones in the yard while the other inmates ate dinner. The only prisoners that skipped dinner that night were members of the Latin Kings and the Black Gangster Disciples. Normally, we would have to chalk this up to just a legend meant to make somebody seem more scary, but... In 1995, a skull was found buried in the yard of Statesville Correctional Center, and a young inmate from the north side of Chicago who was a member of the Latin Kings is still listed as an escapee, one who broke out with only two days left in his sentence. Oh my god. What the fuck? They've never solved his disappearance. No one was ever charged for the crime. There is no crime, according to Statesville Correctional Center. I mean, how, as a, as a correctional facility, how are inmates so ill-supervised that they could carry something like this out? That's money. crazy. Just money and bribes. You think that's it? That yeah, they they, the, re, the way that they got access to the showers was by bribing guards. And the way that they were able to get the inmates to sneak out was also by uh, bribing guards. Um, because the Latin Kings are making so much fucking money that they can do literally anything they want. And the, 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 the prison part is basically only, it only constitutes where they live. Like they have anything that they want in prison. Like that scene from literally like that scene from Goodfellas, you know, how, where they fucking use the razor blades to Mm -hmm. cook the, the spaghetti. That's how they're living. Yeah, guards don't make that much money. No, 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 absolutely not. And and actually, the the differences or the the crime aspect of law enforcement will play a big part in next week's episode. And so it is good that you're getting kind of a little taste, like a little razor bladed garlic taste <laughs> of uh, this kind of terrible shit also um on a side note this is the most unappetizing meatloaf since the members of the band meatloaf <laughs> i did write that joke down it's meatloaf is a guy 
Like he has a band. Oh, that, so he's just I didn't know this about Meatloaf. So yeah, that's Meat, just a guy? Yeah, his his last name is a day, but Meatloaf is not his actual first name. It's like a nickname and then he just kept it. He picked to be called Meatloaf? No, people called him Meatloaf and he's you like You didn't have to pick it? I, I mean, it's kind of like when people called me Rampage in college and then it just like stuck. People called me Fatty in middle school and then uh, when and then when I went to high school, they were like, what's your nickname? And I was like, The Rock. So also, have you seen Meatloaf? No. He you, looks like Meatloaf. He looks like Meatloaf. You should Google Meatloaf. Meat. But he's got an amazing voice. Meatloaf. Yep. Oh. He looks like Meatloaf. Yeah, he does. He's just Googling the meat. There's no pictures of the singer. Oh, but Meatloaf oh, singer. Meatloaf singer. Like Meatloaf bad out of Wow, he looks really album. good. You're still looking at just pictures of Meatloaf. Mm. But his voice is amazing and his music is great. So this is when, in my opinion, the Latin kings become a full-fledged cult. There are an insane amount of rules that all Latin kings must live by unless you're the corona or the second crown. The meatloaf story alone shows us that the two king of kings were not practicing what they preached. The Latin King's Manifesto prohibits violence unless a member breaks one of the commandments. And if someone wrongs you, like they disrespect you in Statesville Correctional Center, uh, you have to go through each crown to get permission from the corona. The process is arduous to the point of usually just taking too long. And by the time that you get to like the third or fourth Corona, you're like, all right, I'm not even mad about this anymore. Honestly, it's like probably, real justice. Yeah. Yeah. It, probably by design. Yeah. I, I, I very much assume I don't have anything to back it up, but I very much assume that's why King Papo set it up that way. I feel like that's why gun laws are set up that way. Like for, for places that have them. Like oh, California yeah. has a waiting, like a cooling off period. Yeah. So that if you come in and you're just like, I need a gun right now. They're like, think about it though. And fill out this mountain of paperwork. And then by the time you do, either you're going to kill people no matter what. Or yeah. you're just like, I'm over it. It's fine. Yeah. That's the uh, the joke that I do. Uh, the, uh, the cooling off period of like, if you come in here angry trying to buy a gun, they give you 10 days and mm-hmm. after 10 days they hope that you come back and you're like hey man i was just mad i don't need a gun i i did uh however it's not always true because i was in uh new mexico and i don't know if you guys are familiar on new mexico gun laws I'm but not. essentially in new mexico if you think about a gun it will show up and it's yours now <laughs> it is so fucking easy to the point where like i tried to do that gun joke about how like we have to wait 10 days and they weren't mad they were just like wait but why like i had to answer (laughs) questions in a casino about california gun laws well california gun laws also don't cover gun shows which is why gun shows are popular here because that's a way to buy a gun without a cooling off period and we should probably you know think about that close that loophole baby at a gun show everywhere is new mexico (laughs) (laughs) oh god (laughs) that's why everything's so turquoise um but if you are the corona or the second crown, you don't really need permission. He kind of asked Lord Gino as like a formality because Lord Gino is just going to say whatever because they can do whatever they want. And Lord Gino, like I said, would call out hits willy nilly because he can just like if you if you get wronged, you have to go through this long process to get a redemption. Uh, if he gets angry with you in the second, he can just kill you because 
he says what's right. He controls yeah. the rules and everyone just has to follow it. Um, secondly, the commandments prohibit the use of hard drugs and Baby King supplied his own men with PCP, one of the most dangerous drugs around, just ask Dave Chappelle yeah. uh, and Wayne Brady. Um, cause Wayne Brady made Dave Chappelle smoke PCP in that sketch. Oh, in a sketch, but not in real life. Yeah. Oh, thank God. If you are curious about PCP in real life, I highly recommend the episode of Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia that studies PCP and breaks down exactly why it is so addictive. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to see another example of it, check out our episode, uh, a great episode that Paige did on um, Archie McCaffrey, uh, the, 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 the Australia's Charles Manson. Yes, Australia's Charles Manson. Um, PCP is known to have both strong hallucinative mm -hmm. properties but it also tends to shut off people's pain receptors mm -hmm. so people will like try to jump off buildings because in the moment on the drug it doesn't hurt that's why a member of wu-tang clan a tr like tertiary member of wu-tang clan uh cut his own genitals off yeah what while on pcp it's some wild shit and he he took advantage of these two people's weakness by like he preyed on their addiction for his own benefit despite the gang promoting sobriety among all of its members so you know to the latin kings on the outside the message was clear you follow the rules or you suffer extreme consequences and most members kick their drug habits or they just conform to the gang's rules and those that didn't were just kicked out of the gang with what they call an exit interview um which is not as nice as it sounds do they just kill you they just beat you up a okay. lot uh they, they beat you out of the gang wait so how 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 what's the breakdown of this rule applies to these people and we'll kick you out if you're high but not these people so there are five leaders of the latin kings the five crowns oh okay. and to so break a rule or to to do anything that maneuvers outside of that rule because sometimes they are permitted if you suspect that somebody's a snitch and you have evidence you can go up the chain of command and they will give you approval to take care of that snitch that is how it that is how it is supposed to operate so that's what we're saying if like somebody wrongs you but it's like stupid like if somebody was like, yeah, I he said he would bring he said he would be here at five, but he was here at seven, and now I want to shoot him in the leg, in his left leg though, so not the good one. Um, then you'd probably get up the first crown, and then the next one would be like, that's dumb, don't shut up, okay, it's over, and so it would just be such a long road. Um, they're the first and second spot, so they can do whatever they want. They're the people that would deal with their own punishment if they had broken the rules of the gang. But what I guess what I'm asking is, how do they decide, like, oh, we want to kick this person out because they're on PCP, but not this person? Uh, is it just the people, The people that they didn't kick out were people that did something for them. Okay. So they didn't kick out those two people on PCP because the leader ordered them to kill this guy and turn him into the, the worst dinner. Um, and... Other people who didn't do that were just kicked out because they had no value to them otherwise. Okay. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, you're just on drugs and you're not any good to anyone in the gang is in terms of, like, doing illegal shit. You're just a liability is how they saw you. 
By 1977, the Latin kings were highly organized, clear-headed, and only focused on Lord Gino and Baby King's mission of creating a drug syndicate. It, at this time, they're spreading so fast that they were literally all over Chicago. They had sets among, like, everywhere in the city and even stretched out into suburbs like Via Park, Elmhurst, and even Rockford, Illinois. Hey, that's my people, dude. Yeah, there were Latin Kings members in the town that you grew up while you were a child and they weren't they weren't there ingratiating themselves into the community they were sleeper cells they were literally houses that they bought and filled with guns ammunition drugs money and members uh, in case that any problems with police officers in rockford opened up that would stop their drug running operations so that they could go to war that happened in the city that you grew up in, and no one knew about it because they never needed to go to war there. Yeah, there's a scary part of Rockford. And while their territory was spreading quickly, so were their numbers, mostly because race relations in Chicago were still royally fucked. As we learned last week, as of 1966, the first week of June is Puerto Rican week in Chicago. During the first Puerto Rican week, the Division Street riots broke out. And on June 4th, 1977, the FALN, that Puerto Rican freedom fighter group that they housed uh, earlier in the 50s, organized a bomb attack on the fifth floor of the Cook County building right outside of the mayor's office. And this was on the same night as the Puerto Rican Day Parade in Humboldt Park. So tensions between the Puerto Rican community and law enforcement were obviously high after the bombing. But things really heated up when two officers broke up a gang-related fight between a Latin king and a Spanish cobra, which it literally just sounds like two different types of snakes getting into a fight. Yeah, it does. And I would like to say, I would like to pause for a second. I'd like to thank Lord Jesus for these snakes. <laughs> thank the good Lord Jesus for this snake. You're beautiful, Phil. You're such a beautiful snake. Mm. Now, this here is a Latin king, non-venomous, but very mean. Shout out to Texas Snake Holder. Yeah, Texas Snake Hunter. Texas Snake Hunter. So cute. The crowd thought that the officer's use of force was excessive, and they decided to intervene. And things got bad quickly. Sergeant Thomas Walton shot and killed the two suspects, Julio Osorio and Rafael Cruz. Preliminary autopsy reports showed that they had both been shot in their backs. When police tried to close the park, they were met with bricks, bottles, and several chairs, which I know shouldn't be funny, but for some reason <laughs> is. It's WWE, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Stone Cold Steve Austin was Puerto Rican. He just <laughs> chairs and shit. Um, the police worked to calm the ensuing riots for two days. Police reports tell tales of rioters throwing Molotov cocktails into white-owned businesses and into police vehicles. And for 48 hours, Humboldt Park was on complete lockdown. Although, members of the community tell a different story. According to those present at the parade on June 4th, 1977, police were actively provoking the crowd and the two gang members were the first to do anything about the harassment. In fact, at the time, the Latin kings and the Spanish cobras had an alliance and wouldn't have been fighting. Many suspect that the riot came from racial tensions, the FALN bombing, and police brutality. During the riots, one officer was even seen lighting a Puerto Rican flag on fire, waving it in the air, and then dancing on top of it. Approximately 3,000 people were involved in the Humboldt Park riots. 
two were killed, 116 were injured, and 119 were arrested. 38 police officers were injured, 15 buildings were burned to the point of no longer being usable, and three cars had to be towed out of a lagoon. Whoa. What? What? Yeah, that's the most wild part to me. Especially because not a lot of lagoons. No. Not a lot of lagoons? Throw a car in the lagoon! And then they do it, and they're like, okay, what next? Another! (laughs) I was just thinking, like... The only time that cars end up in lagoons now is if someone was murdered inside, mm-hmm. uh, a mom had too much of her children and murdered them, <laughs> or somebody has a bad GPS system. Like, those are the only ways. And so to hear it in this context is wild. Yeah, they angrily pushed cars into the lagoon, which there's so many things that have to happen for that scenario to become a Fuck thing. Fuck you, white fish. <laughs> This algae looks racist. (laughs) Car. Uh, This wasn't the end of the conflict, though. The Latin kings had decided that they were at war. And a few months later, in 1978, a group of Lord Gino's Northside Latin kings pulled off one of the craziest fucking heists that I've ever heard of. They forced an armored vehicle from the nearby Illinois National Guard armory to reroute and led them into a trap. And at gunpoint, they stole all of the truck's contents. This is how the Latin Kings got over $2 million worth of military weapons. This is also the plot of the Italian job, so... I was was it say, a real thing that happened? This also happened in Mission Impossible, like the most recent Where they one. like this rob an armored car. Yeah, This is a real thing yeah, that happened. Yeah, it's crazy. The people who pulled it off have still never been caught. That's impressive. They that know it was impressive. the Latin Kings, but they left zero evidence. Lord Gino had, he basically had a task force of people that fought in the Vietnam War and then came back and taught everyone how to fight like they were guerrilla war fighters. Damn. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's almost like if people come from poverty-stricken places and their only option seems to be gangs or the military, you're just training stronger gang members at this point. They knew the routes. They knew exactly what they had to do. A lot of people have insisted that they probably bribed some information. Oh, yeah. They definitely, they fucking, they pulled one over on the U.S. military and the U.S. military and police have never been able to do shit about it. That's amazing. Just fucking insane to me growing rapidly most mostly due to the anti-puerto rican sentiments at the time and now armed to the teeth the latin kings became the top gang in chicago they were regarded as being one of the most militant and definitely one of the most violent and law enforcement had a plan to stop the gang from growing they started arresting members of the gang and shipping them to prisons across the country with little to no access to other latin kings unfortunately as proved by the Statesville Correctional Center, the Latin Kings worked even better within a prison system. This misstep by the police led to the Latin Kings popping up all across the country. Every time a Latin King popped up in a new correctional facility, it would be a couple days and then they would be shipped a small black binder. In the binder was the a copy of the Latin King's Manifesto with a new section added in. A section where Lord Gino and Baby King list out instructions on how to start your own chapter of the Latin Kings. And this is where we'll pick up next week for our final episode on the Latin Kings. Damn. Damn. Yes. Franchising, baby. Exactly. They, they opened had to up- go to Office Depot. binders binders well they just robbed a truck coming away from (laughs) office depot 
No <laughs> one's ever been able to prove no. it, but they can't find those paper clips. Two million dollars worth of binders. <laughs> um, I, I will say that this is the end of us kind of touching on uh, the Chicago section of the Latin Kings. If you're curious as to what happened, uh, Baby King was released from prison in 1995 um, after murdering that guy, just mm -hmm. to, to remember why he was in prison. Uh, and then he once again got sent to jail for selling a kilo of cocaine to an under uh, to an undercover cop. Mm. Um, and so he, I believe, is still in prison. Uh, Lord Gino was one day away from being released and also sold cocaine to an undercover cop in prison. Oh, geez. And got RICO charges and is uh, in prison for life. He will mm. never, ever be released from prison. This is just, it's so crazy that they are like, ah, oh, we'll just make our own religion and yeah, and the farther away from Chicago the gang gets, the weirder that the rules and the, the the more ingrained the religion aspect comes. And next week we'll dive into arguably the most culty version of the Latin Kings, the New York chapter. Yeah, nice. that's what I'm the most excited about because you will see where how these prison gangs kind of made them pop up all over, um, and also. I don't know. It's just the developments in this episode because I've already started researching and I've told Andrea a little bit about it. It's uh, it's in it's insane. It's insane that any of this shit happened because like I was like, oh yeah, this is the craziest heist I've ever heard of, and you both were like, well, it's like a part of a movie, and I was it's, like, but it happened. Did the wow. guards live? The guards lived. No one died. That's amazing because usually in movies impressive. they shoot the guards. Yeah, no, they kept everyone alive. They just took every way that they had to communicate anyone else. Uh, yeah, and it was also, it's in the middle of Humboldt Park because it, it was uh, uh, like a couple blocks down from where the gang was centered. Um, I don't, have you been to Chicago? I have never been to Chicago. You know, so you know, Humboldt Park is not like, it's not a rural area. No, they, it's the city. Yeah, they yeah. did this in the city. So just imagine a small, narrow Chicago street and then there's this van coming down and there's just a wall of people with automatic rifles pointed at you. They're pulling you out, handcuffing you behind your back, blindfolding you and leaving you on the street. And when somebody finally comes to save you, everything's just gone. Yeah. And there's no evidence of like where it went, how it got done, anything. They had no idea what hit them. It was fucking crazy. That is crazy. And next week's episode is going to be even weirder. Damn. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Do you guys want to go throw some cars in lagoons? Does I'd be that down. sound good to y'all? Yeah, yeah. yeah, actually, I, yeah. Plans, I hate so. my car. I mean, I still need a way to get to work. But <laughs> no, like, you Paige, know. your car is good. If I was to describe your car, I would call it the right paw of the lion. The right leg, maybe, of the lion. I'd call it the balls. The balls, yeah. It smells like balls. <laughs> and it droops real low. <laughs> droops real low is my nickname in college. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just for a hot second before we get into plugs, mm -hmm. want to shout out the people that sent me nudes after last week's episode. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I just because I felt horrible with how this happened. OK, so uh, they sent them via Instagram. And by the way, I want to say that the body parts are strategically covered. It was definitely done for comedy. And they are great and hilarious and wonderful. Uh, but because it was Instagram and I don't check my Instagram messages all the time, they sent them and then I didn't check for days. So like we recorded that episode like two weeks ago 
And then a couple days ago, I'm looking at Instagram and I'm like, message request. And I click on it and Instagram like blacks out the photos. Yeah, yeah. they're like, are you sure you want to see this? Yes. You don't know this person. You don't know this person. And I'm reading the messages that go along with it. And I'm like, okay, blacked out photos means it's probably a dick. But why is someone sending me a dick? What's happening? And I'm reading the messages and I'm realizing that it's someone sending basically a submission for our fireman calendar. Oh. oh. And I was like, oh, because for the second I get a dick pic, my first inclination is to be like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. And then I realized I was like, I specifically asked for this. Like <laughs> Now I want to see them. I will totally show them. Okay, too. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, we're at a weird point where like eventually someone's going to listen to these episodes and be like, Andrea wants me to send her a puppy. I will send puppy. <laughs> well, Please so, don't send live animals. What, what was, oh, look who's against it now. <laughs> but So they, they sent the photos and then had a message below that was just like, I am so sorry if this was too creepy. And I'm realizing it was probably because I didn't check the message. And so they like sent oh, it no. and then there was just no reply. So I did reply to tell them that I respected their commitment to the bit because <laughs> I 100% do. So Respect their commitment to the bit by not revealing their bits. In a very creative way. And like, <laughs> I, I I'm not going to blow up somebody's spot or name names, but... That was hilarious. Thank you. Very funny. I can't wait to see them. I'm <laughs> I, so and I'm excited. I'm so sorry if you got crazy nervous because I didn't check them ahead of time. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I also got one of like sexy bondage Pokemon that I oh can my God, I show can't wait. you as well. I'm Same so person? Different people. Different people. Different people. God. This if is a we, hot, hot nude request, I, baby. If we can yeah, get... How many times have I requested nudes and got nothing? So many. It's a good we one. We just found our audience, baby. I know. Uh, so this episode, like every episode, is brought to you by uh, nudes. So what we do is when you send us a nude, we sell it to a website. We do not. And then they post it online. They, You know what? We All absolutely of, don't do that. These websites have very weird commissions, which is how we pick what we're going to talk about this each week, uh, which is why we have such specific nude requests. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you guys just made us 5,000 doll hairs. So This time we need spaghetti because we need you to put the nude in noodle. noodles. <laughs> yes, Send please. us your spaghetti-themed nudes. Um, Flying spaghetti monster nudes. Let's do it. <laughs> our episodes are, as always, sponsored by our Patreon donors. <laughs> Y'all are so lovely. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, for just $5 every month, you get access to our bonus show, The Speculation Zone. Um, we have another episode of our series on... Part two. So part two is going to be the Book of Revelation specifically. Mm-hmm. So that's what's coming up next. Yeah. Very excited for it. Uh, you also get a shout out on the show. So this week, our episode is brought to you in part by Maya Contreras. Maya Contreras. There's no joke. You guys are looking at me like there's a joke. Sometimes people just have lovely names. Okay. <laughs> well, you want me to give it a, a funny, like, a, what did I do last time? I called somebody Hitler. Like as a their bunch nickname. of times. Like so <laughs> like many their middle times. name was the Hitler. Yeah, please don't do that. Don't do that. Don't anyway, this one goes out to Maya the Hitler Contreras. No, nope. excuse me, the Stalin. Thank you. Oh, that's even better. But you know, you're being a real Maya the Contrarian right now. Boo. Hey, oh. This is what you paid for. 
Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> this uh, this Patreon episode also goes out to Dr. E. Gut. I'm no graffiti scientist, but I am a doctor studying the gastrointestinal tract. Then this person probably needs to know about what I did today and may regret later. I drank two probiotic sodas. Am I going to die or what? just shit myself to death? Okay, I think you mentioned this earlier, but I missed part of it. You drank a probiotic soda? They're delicious. It sounds like you just put milk in Pepsi. No, it's like it's got like ginger and other a bunch of like fiber and stuff in it, but also it tastes like strawberries. You know I kind of want strawberry one really soda, right? Bring some next time. Jesus, no, don't shit up the house. <laughs> no, it's good for your. You need good bacteria in your gut. Maybe that'll help you. Yeah, with your problems. With, your with my problem. lactose intolerance? Yeah, no, yeah. thank you. I, I, I handle my lactose intolerance like a man. I eat too much cheese. I pray for forgiveness on the toilet. I forget God exists by the m- next morning. <laughs> also, our show is sponsored by Alyssa. The Latin Kings once escorted me out of their territory, Hagen. She says, Whoa. they were very polite and they were like, you shouldn't be standing at this bus stop after dark. Also, why don't you have a car? <laughs> <laughs> They pushed it into the lagoon. Oddly adorable. (laughs) I have to take the bus ever since the riot when they pushed all three of my cars into the lagoon. God. That is nice that they that they escorted her. I, I think I have also been escorted by gang members at a certain point in time because I was standing at a taco stand alone at night and they were like, is that your car? Okay, we're going to watch you get into it. Okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> I keep telling my dad that they should invest in drones so that you can just remotely escort somebody. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What pen- if you just what if you just hot glue a gun to a drone and then you have oh, the unstoppablest gang members. Drones definitely I mean, have guns, honey. Yeah, no, already. That's how, we that's killed- how President yeah. Obama killed a lot of people. That's yeah. the military though. We need our own guns. Hey, folks, if you want to send me a drone with a gun on it um, or ooh, if you want to send me a nude of a drone with its gun off, if if you if you have a drone, fly that drone right in front of your genitals and then take photos where the drone is obscuring your genitals. Uh I want to see those photos and same. They have to be with a gun. The gun has to be in the photo. Please don't send these pictures. I really don't want to look at them. Um, I, wait till you see the one I have, though. Oh, please no. no um, trust me. Send me those nudes. Send me a gun. Send me a drone. Send me all three to uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. Um, this comes out on Monday. Oh, uh, on March 20th, I'm filming a thing for Amazon Prime. Uh, It's called Laugh After Dark. It's television. I'm going to be doing comedy on it. Um, Please come. Come do it if you want. You don't have to. If you're in the Los Angeles area, tickets are $20. Hit me up for that link. Um, Special bonus. I will be there. So will Armando's mom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And there's an open bar. So they're both going to be talkative as hell. Hell yeah, If you've ever wanted to know a secret about Armando Torres, that is the night to find it out. I am so excited to get blitzed with your mom. (laughs) Yeah. So come to that. It's going to be in Glendale on March 20th. That's a Friday at 6.30 p.m. Hit me up for tickets. Um, also follow me on Instagram because that's where I'm going to be posting all the show dates. I'm going to be traveling around a lot in the next few days. 
uh, around Southern California to work out this set. So if you can't come to the taping, come to that. I love you so much. I love you. Bye. Mwah. Hey, guys. Uh, Audrey here. You know my voice, kind of. If you want to send me uh, coordinates to a car that you threw into a lagoon, <laughs> please send them to me uh, at Twitter uh, or on Twitter at Sundress Comic. Uh, or check out my art at Andrea Gazetta on Instagram. I've been doing some sweet, sweet giveaways. So every time I hit another thousand followers, uh, we just had the 2K giveaway. Uh, I'll probably be giving away some free art. And it's not like, oh my God, it's just a print. It's like an original cool piece of art that would cost you hundreds of dollars. So that's where I'm headed with this. Yeah. So, also, uh, are you asking for pictures of horny vehicles? Because you're yes. asking for wet cars. <laughs> All oh, vehicles yeah, are horny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> honk, honk, baby. Horn if you're honky. <laughs> you Wait, should. those are my people. Yeah. I sure mm -hmm. am. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, well, first of all, if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, tomorrow I am roast battling Timothy McGorry at the world famous comedy store. And then <laughs> next week, on March 15th, I will be in Flappers Yoo-Hoo Room. You can get those tickets online. And the week after that, I will be in Santa Cruz at the DNA Comedy Club with Crystal Adams. Ooh. So come out and see me tell jokes on all of those times. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm accepting nudes of other professions now. Firefighters <laughs> were fun. I want to see where it can go. If you have... A, a unique profession that has its own sort of uniform and stuff. Yeah. Let the nudes fly. Why not? This has been pretty fun. Get we're, creative with it. We're trying to, yeah, take some PCP, do some oh, creative no. nudes. I did not I say not, that. But I do want to see juggalo nudes. Um, oh, absolutely. If you're a juggalo and willing to send nudes, with do the, it. Like, yeah. Just like an axe head covering yes. your, your axe head. Someone yeah. pointed something. <laughs> so there was, when we were recording last week, there was a juggalo concert in Pershing Square that we missed because oh, we didn't no. know about it ahead of time. Uh, but a couple of my friends happened to be nearby and noticed that it was happening and let us know. And they revealed something that I'd never really thought about. And that's that the Juggalo mascot, uh, Hatchet Man, is actually carrying a meat cleaver, not a hatchet. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, yeah. Huh. I did never notice that before. So if you want to take nudes of the meat cleaver, I'm not stopping you. Do all of the insane clown posse travel in the same tiny car? That is the real question. <laughs> I want to know. No, because literally Violent J is like the size of a Kia Sportage. Yeah. It is weird, though, that if you rub a Fago bottle three times, Violent J will pop out. <laughs> uh, and be like, there's hydrogenated corn syrup in this. Enjoy moderation. Yeah. He'll <laughs> pop out. And it's, he doesn't give you three wishes. He gives you three disses where he's like... <laughs> boy and then he throws your car in a I'll lagoon snap your spine like a chicken bone and you're like wow you were serious about <laughs> that, that. okay specific yeah. and considered violent j are you on pcp <laughs> no he has been sober for years good for him good for you oh can i plug one more thing that i forgot yeah if you live in philly and you want to see some of my art in person uh, this Friday, March 6th, you can head over to Arch Enemy Arts, and I have a couple pieces on display there. It's also, uh, there are a lot of other artists in the show that are really good and really cool, so check it out. Nice. Yeah. Super dope. Uh, if you like our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. 
Or on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show. You can also send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you have fun art, either mm-hmm. of yourself in a nude profession or otherwise, feel free to send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. We're trying to make uh, our own calendar, um, not for sale, just for our use. Yeah, just for personal use. We, of to, your different nudes. On the real. We mm-hmm. would never send your nudes to other people. That is... Yeah, we would never do that. Although, I will say, if you do want to make um, a skin car cosplay photo. No. I, yes. I did come yes. up with the easiest I'm way so to take scared. the picture. Okay. Um, so you just. Is it with one of those cameras through your asshole? So you just take. <laughs> that's so much more difficult. <laughs> the the hardest selfie, literally. Um, <laughs> if you want to make a skin car cosplay, all you got to do really is just take a Hot Wheels car and drape your ball skin over it. Oh, God. You can find more information on our show at cultpodcastshow.com. Um, wow. Well, you can find Hot Wheels at hotwheels.com. <laughs> or at, at Walmart, Target, yeah. basically wherever toys are sold. Um, just get yourself some Hot Wheels. They're a good time. I guess you could use some some titty meat. If titty meat is too thick. Uh, yeah, it's not. Because the it's, thing about ball, ball skin, meat, you, it's like the skin. Yeah. But we can't like stretch titty skin. Ball usually. skin is like fabric. <sighs> <laughs> it's like a sheet of fabric. Why do you have to use your own balls? Why can't you just get chicken skin? Because it, ha- it has it's to be human skin, skin Andrea. It looks That's the like whole human point skin. of skin car. Okay, maybe it looks like your skin. Never seen a chicken that looked like me. Bagok? Anyway. Uh, also oh, pi- send bagok pics. Bagok? Oh, cock pics. Dick pics. God damn it. I also am upset because if we're using balls as a metric for skin car, it's going to be so much hairier than I originally That's considered. That's what I wanted. I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. Um. Yeah. So I'm thank gonna, you. Yeah. I'm going to say for this one, uh, don't drink Fago until you let Violent J out mm-hmm. uh, and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye.